Well, hello there, wonderful teachers. I want to invite you to an event we're doing this summer. It's in Cincinnati, Ohio, so you have to be able to make it there, but it might be worth traveling for if you're able to. It's happening on July 20th and 21st, so that's over a weekend, and it's going to be the best two days for teachers. We're going to have a ton of fun. We're going to learn a lot about pedagogy and creative teaching and business. We have two fabulous guest speakers and we're even going to finish with an optional Kaylee. That's an Irish dancing party. So I hope you'll be able to join me. Just go to vibrantmusicteaching.com slash turbo that's dot com slash t-u-r-b-o 24 the numbers two four. I hope you'll check it out view all the details there and I hope to see you in Cincinnati in July. On with the episode. Vibrant, vibrant, vibrant music teaching. Proven and practical tips, strategies, and ideas for music teachers. This is the Vibrant Music Teaching Podcast. I'm Nicola Canton, and today we're talking about a question on every piano teacher's mind. Should you raise your rates right now? Welcome back, beautiful teachers. I hope you're having a fabulous week and I hope you're not scared of today's topic. I know this is one we can approach with some apprehension for sure, maybe some nervousness, maybe some guilt if you feel like I haven't raised them, I should be raising them, or you feel the opposite, guilty because you feel like you shouldn't be asking for more money when people are strapped for cash at the moment. But we have to answer this question inside our own businesses. And we have to answer it with some thought, with some care, with some attention to every side of the issue. Now, if you've been listening to the podcast for a little while or following me on YouTube or somewhere else, you might know that I probably am going to answer yes to this question in most cases. I think most teachers could do with raising their rates. And I think that largely because most teachers don't do it often enough. And most teachers don't ask for as much money as they are worth, even though I don't love that phrase. They don't ask for the money that is going to help them thrive. They often feel that music teaching is a calling or something they do, not as a volunteer service, but somewhere in between volunteerism and entrepreneurial mindset, right? You don't want to feel like you're just about the money. And I get that, I do. But raising your rates is a serious question and it's not just about you, it's about the whole industry. This is something we all need to think about for ourselves, for our own businesses, for the sustainability of what we do as teachers, but also for the industry at large. Because if some people are not confident enough to bring their rates up in line with the others in the area, then they kind of bring the whole market value down. So not to add more guilt to the equation, but it's just bigger than any one of us is what I'm trying to say. Now, what I have for you today are eight fabulous questions to ask yourself to really take a step back, look at the big picture and decide whether you need to raise your rates right now. You may know that I do them every year, but I'm going to set that aside for today and go through each one of these questions and hopefully help you think this issue through. So, question number one. Do you struggle to make ends meet in your personal and business life? 
If you answered yes, and your studio is at least 80% full, it might be time to increase your piano teaching rates. If you answered no, maybe you're charging enough. So in every one of these questions, there's going to be a lot of maybes and mights, because I'm not going to give you a clear answer. I'm sorry if that's what you're hoping for, but I want you to think about these questions and the nuances in them. So if you don't feel like ends are meeting, by the way, this is just a total side note, not to get off topic so early, but I always thought it was ends meet like M-E-A-T, as in, I don't know, the end of the meet, like you were so strapped for food at the end of the month that you couldn't, I don't know, make some kind of soup out of the end of the meat portion. I don't know what I was thinking, but I only realized it was M-E-E-T, making the ends meet, the two ends meet in the middle, which makes perfect sense, very recently. But the question is an important one, whether you are familiar with the phrase already or were confused like me. No shame. We all have those little blips in our knowledge. If you feel like you're living paycheck to paycheck or worse, getting yourself into debt because you just can't make the numbers work, that might be a sign that your rates are too low. I'm saying might because it might be a sign that your expenses are too high or that your studio isn't full as we've catered for there, talking about it being at least 80% full. But if you are just simply not charging enough, cutting your expenses or cramming your studio full of students, filling every available hour of your possible teaching capacity is never going to make you make enough money. So if you are doing this, this will affect how you feel about your profession, your piano teaching. It might keep you from purchasing new music or doing other, subscribing to subscriptions, doing whatever it is to keep improving your piano teaching because you're just so counting every penny. It might mean that you can't go to that conference or that event or invest in the online course because you just don't feel like that's possible. And it should be possible to have a professional development budget as part of your studio income. All of this has a knock-on effect for your students. That's the theme I want you to take away the most today, is all of this affects not just you, not your stress levels, but your students, and how good of a teacher you can be and the service you're providing to them and to your studio families. Okay, question number two. Are you able to put money aside for your pension and savings goals? If you answered yes to this, if you're setting money aside... That's fantastic. What you're charging probably is right where it should be or close to it. You might just want to do inflation increases to keep up with the cost of living. If you answered no, or maybe laughed in my face at the mere thought of a pension or a savings account, then maybe you're not charging enough. Now, this is especially true if piano teaching is your main source of income or significant one for your household. Saying that you're just never going to retire is not the right answer. This is your job. It's your work. It's a career. You need to be able to retire at some stage. Now, maybe you'll reach retirement age or the point where you could retire on your pension, whatever age that is, 60, 65, 68, I think it's raising to here in Ireland for the state pension. But you may reach that and want to keep working. That's fine. But you should be in a position to have a choice. 
not be stuck because you haven't had any retirement savings set aside. So if there is no way you can fathom having a pension, having some savings set aside each month, then you're probably charging too little. Question number three. Have people been ignoring or taking advantage of your policies? I love this question. By the way, I didn't write these questions. These came from Joanna on our team. I just think this is fantastic. It's such a good way to look at it. So if you answer yes, they have been ignoring or taking advantage of your policies, then they likely don't see the value or take you seriously as a business person. Increasing your rates might make them scurry on, go away, (laughs) quit, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. If you answered no, then your rates may be high enough already to dissuade attracting families who don't value your worth. In other words, if you are having your families constantly question, oh, your makeup lesson policies or this little tiny cent difference in the book charge or whatever, little niggles all the time. If that's happening to you, then likely you've attracted a lot of bargain hunters. Now, not necessarily. None of these questions are black or white. But still, I think that's a really interesting question and a good indicator. Number four is a simple one, but sometimes difficult to answer. Are you the lowest rate teacher in your area? If the answer is yes, if you are at the bottom of the market, please, please give yourself a raise. There's less gray area in this one. If you are undercutting the people around you, you need to increase your rates. And if the answer is no, then make sure your rates are at least around the median range in your area. Don't be the bargain basement piano teacher. If you are the bargain basement piano teacher, you're attracting the bottom of the barrel parents, the ones who are just looking for the cheapest possible option. But you're also, to go back to where I started this whole conversation, you're also lowering the value of piano teaching, of music teaching as a profession overall. And I don't want to put be too heavy handed in this, okay? If you're just starting out and you're charging fairly low rates, because you feel like it's going to help you attract enough students, or maybe you've lowered your rates because you don't have enough students. I get it. I'm not saying you're a terrible person and you're ruining our profession, our industry. But I am saying that you're doing something that you think is helping you. It's not even helping you because you're only going to get those bargain hunter parents and it's hurting the whole profession. So I really would like you to reconsider it. Number five, do you have a waiting list? If you answered yes, it means you're an in-demand teacher with more than fair grounds to raise your rates. If you answered no, your rates might be okay, but you might want to refresh your teaching style or your marketing or other things to make sure you're attracting enough students. Now, not everyone is comfortable with even having a waiting list. I'm aware of that, especially as a people pleasing, generally profession. Sometimes it makes us kind of anxious to have these people sitting around and waiting there. We can't take them on. They're waiting for lessons. It feels like a lot of pressure. And if the numbers are building up, I know, believe me, it doesn't feel particularly good. It might seem like a nice problem to have if you're sitting there scrambling to try and fill your studio and the idea of a waiting list is just a pipe dream but it actually can be stressful to have so I do get that. When I get contacted by parents when I have people 
join my waiting list, I immediately send them an email, automatically through my music staff, that encourages them to look for another teacher. It's not that I want them to sit around and wait for me. I definitely don't. I currently have a studio, just as of recording this, I have a studio size of about 70 students. Uh, That's not just me, by the way, if you're new here, that's other teachers as well. So we've about 70 students. We're not particularly big. And our waiting list is sitting at 130 something as of today. And that's with me clearing it out every year, going back to people and saying, have you already found someone? If so, let me know. I'll take you off the list. So I do that once a year. So I know that it can feel like a burden, but encouraging people to look for another piano teacher, I think makes it fair that they, if they want to wait on the waiting list, it is their choice. They have been told that likely it is going to be a while. I give them an estimate of it being possibly several years to really drive that home. Like, I have no idea if I'm going to have space for you ever, okay? (laughs) Now, I don't say it like that. I say it in a more professional way. But that's the message I want to get across is I really don't know if I'm going to be able to take you on. I have a waiting list so that if we have a space open, I can offer it to someone who it suits, right? Because it depends on it working for their schedule and what they want and the type of lessons and all of that. However, having said all that about how stressful the waiting list is, it is a sign that your studio is healthy. Because if you have these inquiries coming in, let's say for a second even if you don't keep the waiting list, although I think it's sensible to, having a certain number of inquiries coming in every month means that you don't have to be as stressed if you do have to be tough on your policies, make it really clear that where the door is if people are getting really difficult with you about various policies you have. So if you don't have a waiting list, if you don't have inquiries coming in regularly, I do encourage you to think about your marketing just a little bit each week, okay? It's not got to be a huge project if your studio is already full, but little tweaks each week, taking slowly working through my marketing for music teaching studios course inside the Vibrant Music Teaching membership or doing other things that you know are going to help market you in your area is a really good step to take. And also just switching up how you teach because having a lot of referrals coming in often is a sign, not always, often is a sign that parents are really excited about what you're doing with their kids, right? That they're really into being part of your studio, that they're not just putting their kid in piano lessons with you because you're the closest or the cheapest. They're really enthusiastic about you if they're passing your name along. Question number six then. Have you been raising your rates yearly to match inflation? This is one I rabbit on about a lot, so you'll probably know about it already if you've been around a while. But if the answer is yes, then your relative income has been the same year to year. And you might have room to give yourself a pay raise if you're still wanting to raise your rates. Nothing wrong with not just matching inflation. But if the answer is no, you're losing money each year. You have to raise your rates in order to make the same amount you made last year. And if you haven't raised them for 10 years... You'd have to raise them a huge amount to make your income the same, have the same buying power as it had 10 years ago. So this is why I always advocate for raising your rates every single year, because it just takes the sting out of it. It means that you stay on top of inflation or you, you know, actually raise, but you at least stay up with inflation every year. 
And you don't have to do these sudden jumps, which can be really jarring for parents and yes, can cause people to quit because it's a big jump and they weren't expecting it. And previously, your lessons have always stayed the same. So it's a big shock to them that the price would change. But if they change every year, like mine do, that's what parents expect. They don't expect to have the same fees the next year. No one has ever actually brought it up. Like, oh, it's going to be this much next year. Why isn't it the same? No one has ever said anything. Because obviously it goes up every year. The prices of things change. Number seven, we're nearly there. Do about 20% of prospective students or parents of students question your rates? Pretty interesting one. If the answer is yes, your tuition may be high enough. If the answer is no, your piano teaching rates are likely too low and there's probably room to increase them. So this is really interesting because it's a bit counterintuitive. I think for many of us, who we would think, oh, if people think my price is just right, then it's just right. But actually, you do want some people to say, what? I didn't expect it to be that much. Not everyone, but you want some people to turn away and say, oh, that's not for me. You don't want to be the bargain option. You want to be the valuable option, right? So about 20% is just a rough figure for how many students might question your rates. I would say a lot of prospective students, I get a lot more page traffic, for example, to my piano teaching pages on my website, the, the pages that are about lessons with us, than the number of waiting list applications. And I'd say a significant number of them do turn away because of our rates. Now, we are not the highest in our area, but there are really, really cheap options in our area too. And if they were expecting piano to cost the same as, you know, basketball, well, it's not going to because it's two on one or one on one or maybe four on one. It's still, it's not a big group of kids. So it just can't be that cheap. I also do get, you know, fairly frequent or whatever. I'd say it is around 20% that when I go back to them from the waiting list, they haven't looked at our rates. They're on our website for everyone to see, but they don't always check. They will either just ghost me after I send the fee information or say, oh, wow, you know, react to it. And that is how it should be. We shouldn't be the cheapest. If I think what we're providing is above average, then we shouldn't be the cheapest in the area, right? And I do. Okay, final question. Are you charging at least as much as your local association's minimum suggested fee? So you might not have this one, but if you do, um, if you have like music teacher associations or some similar organization for music teachers in wherever you live, look it up. They often have suggested rates or you can email them and ask for a suggested rate because it's helpful for them to provide that for the whole industry, right? We want people to be not exactly the same price, but roughly in line with each other. We don't want big surprises. We don't want parents to think, oh my gosh, that one is so cheap. And oh my gosh, that one is so expensive. We want everyone to be closer to a comfortable range for our whole industry. So often music teacher associations will have a suggested rate or they will have surveyed teachers to see what they charge to give you some idea of what the average is. We also have our report coming out soon so you can watch around for that or access the old report which is at vibrantmusicteaching.com slash report for members or colorfulkeys.ie slash report for non-members and you can see the average rates. Now 
that is across the whole world and I've broken it down by countries and things but it's still going to only give you a vague idea because really what you want is a local rate like in your town your county that kind of thing because it does vary so much because the cost of living varies so much depending on where you are so I hope these eight questions were helpful for you we'll just review them quickly do you struggle to make enough to make ends meet are you able to put money into your pension and savings have you been ignoring have people been ignoring or taking advantage of your policies are you the lowest rate teacher in your area do you have a waiting list have you been raising your rates every year do some of the prospective parents or students react to your rates, say they're too high? And are you charging at least what your local music teacher association, if you have one, recommends that you do? I would love to hear whether you're raising your rates this year, whether you're nervous about it. We have articles on the website as well to help you figure out how to raise your rates. And we also have a webinar recording for members in the library. So if you look up the uh, training library, you can find the one there about making a change in your studio and that should help you as well with raising your rates if you're nervous about it. Let us know if you have any questions. We'd love to chat to you over on Instagram. We're at Colourful Keys. If you liked this episode, you would absolutely love Vibrant Music Teaching Membership. We have the support and the training you need to take your teaching further. Join us today by going to vmt.ninja and signing up. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Vibrant Music Teaching Podcast. I hope you loved it and I wanted to pop on here one more time to remind you about our event. It's happening in Cincinnati this July and you can get all the details at vibrantmusicteaching.com slash turbo. See you there.